0: Welcome to the Plan Vision Podcast, where we share simple, straightforward investment and planning ideas for normal people. The description in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Do not construe this as personal tax, financial, or legal advice for your situation. Hello, this is Mark Sorrell with the Plan Vision Podcast, In another one of our interviews. I'm delighted to finally have a British tax uh, expert, Jamie Favel. He's with the Tax Advisory Partnership and I've known Jamie for a few years. I came in contact with him through uh, Ian Faber. Ian is a, a US tax advisor that many of my clients work with. And so Jamie's agreed to come on today and just chat a little bit about some of the issues that Brits mm-hmm. face primarily while they're abroad, but then also when they come back home. And then also just a, a quick comments as well uh, about some of their domestic issues. So, uh, Jamie, thanks a lot for joining.
1: My pleasure. Nice to meet you. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so I'll give you a, a brief overview of my experience now. That'd be great, Jamie. A, yep. uh, a chartered tax advisor here in the UK, which is our, the kind of our leading, um, uh, body for, uh, tax professionals in the UK. Um, we've got over 20 years experience, Um, Most of those have been focused on advising clients, private clients with an international element to their affairs. So we advise residents um, with UK uh, interests and foreign nationals residents in the UK.
0: Sure. How did you come across working, beginning to work with um, expats? Um, The...
1: Working with expats is interesting for tax advisors because there are areas that you can add value. Um, the, the, the the tax situation is quite unique, and with the right planning, we're we're able to add value, and um, we find that our services are highly valued as opposed sure. to uh, working with um, a UK resident British taxpayer, where planning opportunities are more limited. Um, uh, so we have kind of focused on clients with an international aspect
0: for that that reason. Yeah. So just a fundamental question here. Do Brits abroad need to file and pay taxes in the UK? And let me, you know, a lot of Brits may or may not know this, but this is always a challenge for Americans. You know, they have to deal with their U.S. taxes back home. But what is the circumstance for Brits abroad?
1: Yeah, so um, the the. Typical default position is that a non-resident of the UK um, will not pay UK taxes other than in fairly limited uh, circumstances. Um, Those circumstances will be uh, the expat that has left the UK but retained property here will continue to have a filing obligation and um, often continue to have a UK tax liability. Um, That's regardless of uh, whether or not they're resident in a treaty country. Okay. Uh, UK. Um, a non-resident will also have to pay UK taxes if they sell UK residential or UK commercial real estate. Um, those rules are fairly new. So uh, non-residents have paid capital gains tax on residential property for uh, about five years now. Um, and the rules for commercial real estate have only recently been introduced. Uh, A non-resident does not pay UK capital gains tax in respect of other investments they will hold, uh, in most cases, unless those uh, investments derive um, uh, the majority of their value from real estate.
0: Okay. Um,
1: So shares in a a property company or something like that might uh, still be taxable under under the new rules that's been introduced recently, but for uh, your your typical
0: intangible assets, um, uh,
1: non-resident capital gains tax?
0: So, uh, gosh, a lot of the British clients that I work with do have properties. Many of them are back in the UK. Some of them might be abroad. A lot of them are fairly modest properties, but they do generate ongoing income from those maybe maybe they're not making that much on them but they do generate income so just your standard brit that's living maybe in the uae or thailand that has a property back in the uk maybe they're making six seven thousand pounds a year on that would that be somebody without a capital there's no capital gain there's there's just income is that somebody that might have a a, an ongoing tax filing liability
1: well uh, British citizens and non-resident continue to um, have an entitlement to the tax-free personal allowance here in the UK, Okay, okay. which means that uh, presently they can have UK taxable income of up to £12,500 without triggering a UK tax liability. Um, now, the, the absence of a tax liability doesn't absolve the... The individual from having to file and report the profits on the property so may still have a tax return filing obligation. but They mm-hmm. may have a liability if their uh, profits after the deduction of all of the the normal expenses that you do expect, so mortgage interest, agency, sure. etc. Um, so that there may not be any tax payable, but there would still be a reporting obligation.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, expats that leave and retain property have a requirement uh, to register as non-resident landlords with the UK tax authorities. Um, And if they don't do that, the agent that manages the property for them uh, will withhold 20% tax from their gross rents. uh, I see. Default position. Okay. Um, There are one one or two other circumstances where um, non-residents might pay UK taxes. Expats with UK pensions could possibly have a UK tax liability. Um, mm-hmm. Will depend on where they're resident. If They're resident in a treaty country. Often, uh, the country they're resident will uh, assume that the taxing um, uh, the 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 ability to tax the pension. If actually they've left the uk and they're resident in a non treaty country um, or they're not declaring the pension in the country that they're resident for whatever reason then the uk will retain the taxing right over the pension okay
0: when you use oh excuse me no fine. please yeah when you use the word pension are you are you referring to the british government state pension or a private pension they might be getting from their career or potentially both yeah potentially both um, okay. it could be a private pension
1: it could be um, uh, the, the states pension as you say um, and uh, often uh, the taxation right will depend on the treaty uh, with the, the the country that the individual is resident in the, the rules can be quite different for state pensions private pensions or uh, pensions which are derived from uh, government service, the, the taxi yeah. will be different all, 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 okay. all over
0: the world. Yeah. Well, so I'm sure you come across a lot of different people mm-hmm. and their circumstances. Is there a kind of common mistakes that you might see people abroad make or, or not really, Jamie? Um, the, 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 the common mistake is probably
1: uh, not meeting their UK Filing requirements as a non-resident. Um, so that will be a typical non-resident landlord that we have discussed. Okay. A common uh scenario that we see um, is be- because of the favorable tax regime of being non-resident and not paying UK taxes on UK income or UK capital gains, it's quite common to leave the UK before you sell an asset. Um, we have temporary non-residence rules so uh, which stop uh, the, an expat from being able to leave the UK, sell an asset, and then return 12 months later, think, uh, believing they've escaped. Um, <laughs> okay. tax. Um, so the people are often misinformed and will get that wrong and, and return. You need to leave for six years
0: if you want to. Oh, uh, okay. got to be strict, gone for good. Yeah. yeah,
1: the strict rule is five
0: years, but in... Um, in practice, actually, it means six years. So, Jamie, the biggest area of concern and what I'm helping virtually all of my clients do around the world, regardless of where they're at, is set up a low cost, globally diversified investment portfolio. And many people abroad, British people abroad, like other people, are in positions where they can save and invest quite a bit of money. And they use these ETFs, exchange traded funds. and They typically buy them in pounds that trade on the London Stock Exchange. Some may buy them in dollars thinking they may not come home and then they may change their mind, or even euros for that matter. So what most of these people are concerned with is what am I going to do when I return? I've been in this plan for 10, 15, 20 years. I've got these capital gains. Um, can you provide some thoughts on what people should consider before they repatriate back to, back to the UK? Sure. In
1: advance of repatriation,
0: it's always advisable to, to undertake a
1: UK re-entry planning exercise. Um, the, first thing to consider is whether or not the, those investments that are held, the ETFs uh, or whatever they are, whether they're suitable for a UK taxpayer. Um, the UK has a special regime uh, for example that applies to um, uh, offshore funds um, and uh, quite often offshore funds will uh, have a punitive tax rate in the UK, so the tax-to-income gains are tax-to-income tax rate rather than capital gains tax rates, So it's very important yes. to look at your in- individual investments. Understand whether they will be treated as offshore income gains when sold versus straightforward capital gains. That um, relies on the funds that you're invested in, either being a reporting fund, which would get capital gains tax treatment versus a non-reporting fund, which would uh, be taxed at income tax rates. HMRC do have, they do publish a list of, yes. that they consider to be reporting funds and which qualify for capital gains tax treatment. So it's very important to do a cross-reference to that. Uh, if you have a non-reporting fund, you might want to consider, depending on the um, uh, tax position where your resident, you might want to consider um, an exercise of um, disposing of those assets and perhaps reinvesting before you return to the UK. Um, you might want to consider that anyway, even with the right type of investment in order to rebase the value of your portfolio. So that's,
0: excuse me for interrupting, but yep. that's an important point. What you're suggesting is if I have significant gains in my portfolio. The term you use rebasing is yeah. that they essentially sell, take cash, come back to the UK and then reinvest at that point. Is that true? Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you might, you might do that rebasing exercise um, entirely outside of the UK before your return. Yes. You don't need to necessarily reinvest uh, once you're, you're on shore here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's a common mistake actually, which is often missed. Someone has already repatriated. They're here. They want to sell their assets. They're <laughs> no longer able to leave the UK. And do the planning. It's too late. Mate. You've got a, a huge capital gain for UK tax purposes. Yes,
0: I can see how that could be quite disappointing yeah. to someone. To yeah, and for, uh, your, for your, your
1: clients, Mark, that are out in the UAE somewhere very tax efficient. Yes, yeah. all your planning, get your ducks in a row before yes. uh, returning to the UK. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's also with repatriation um it's very important to consider your residency position um and when you're going to trigger residency um so you can do all of that planning obviously clear if that's important or in some cases when when you're resident because statutory residence test um is pretty black and white whether you're a resident or not and if and whether you qualify for a split year, if you do qualify for a split year for residency, that's automatic. You can't pick and choose.
0: Okay, you
1: have to be very careful with, with, with your planning around that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So a couple of other questions. Um, Brits abroad cannot fund SIPS and IS and ISAs at this point. Is that a true statement? That's correct. Yeah,
1: ISAs cannot be funded uh, by a non-resident. Um it is in limited circumstances possible to save into a SIP when okay. not resident. Um, but typically um you would have to have UK taxable income. Um okay. so done SIP planning for non-residents before would be perhaps an individual who for whatever reason has UK earnings, consultancy income. Or sportsmen sportsman are receiving appearance fees in the UK, they have remain that 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 income is UK taxable. So they've been still been able to save yes. it and get 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 those tax reliefs.
0: But you okay. do have UK taxable income. Final question for you, Jamie. Um, well, you know we have in the states the death tax, which actually very few Americans are affected by. But I have to say I was. As I began to learn more about the Brits, (laughs) their tax system, even though I don't know that much about it, I came across what appeared to be an incredibly onerous estate tax that you have there. Uh, First of all, can you verify that? And I suppose my next question would be: Well, can Brits do anything? I mean, what what would be a strategy, if any, that a British person can do to potentially deal with estate taxes?
1: Sure. Yeah, Um, our estate tax regime is very onerous, uh, very very punitive. So once um, your estate has a value which exceeds um, in most cases now either three hundred and twenty five k pounds or five hundred thousand pounds then anything over and above that uh, value uh, is taxed at forty oh, yeah. percent uh, the husband and wife or uh, civil partners will both get the same relief so um, uh, so a couple should have a tax free estate of up to one million pounds. Um, the one the the additional rate, so let me restart this. The basic nil rate land is 325K.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: own UK property, um then that gets in up to a by a further 175 only if your total estate uh, is uh, his value has is below uh, approximately 2 million pounds. Um, yeah. The opportunities for planning for UK estate tax are fairly limited. Um, best planning is probably to start getting everything away, <laughs> do that and to start uh, you know, divesting your estate and looking after the kids um, sooner rather than later. Um, uh, where, where you're making outright gifts, we don't have a life any kind of um, uh, gift tax payable. Okay, okay, outright gifts without incurring um, lifetime charges. Um, you can make gifts into uh, trust, so that you can have uh, some assurances around, around uh, what's going to happen to your estate and your assets and succession. Uh, gifts into trusts. Um, have a b- b- more limited scope because once you have um uh, settled more than three hundred and twenty five thousand pounds you start to incur lifetime charges at yeah. to the the amounts gifted into the to the trust mm-hmm. um uh, a good planning point is to um uh, marry a non-british citizen <laughs> um, uh, because they're not um uh, liable to the, the, the same punitive regime. Okay. Um, if they hold non UK assets outside of the UK, they will not get taxed in the UK. They'll they'll get um, they have excluded property status. Sure. So a lot of our clients will have been be uh, married but with a mismatched uh, domicile. So a British person with uh, another nationality, and uh, typically the, the non British uh, a citizen will hold the assets.
0: Yes. So if I'm a, you know, if I'm part of a British couple that is 70 years old and I've got my assets and I decide, well, I'm going to move to Portugal and I'll hang out there for the next 15, 20 years. I'll pass away there. I'm still paying my, am I still paying my estate tax to the British authority?
1: it's yeah, a good question. It's uh, something else I was going to mention. So, uh, the UK estate tax is based on, um, but having a british domicile um, uh, you will typically acquire your domicile from your father when you're born um, and it's usually pretty obvious if you're if you're british and you have that british domicile nice. now you can you can choose to acquire a domicile of choice outside of the uk uh, that uh takes some doing um you effectively have to kind of sever ties with the uk make stronger links uh, in Portugal in this, uh, yeah. in this example, example, and accept that by obviously leaving the UK's estate tax regime, you'll probably be joining whatever the regime is in Portugal or elsewhere and, and having, having to think about their, their estate tax position.
0: Yeah, So um, you, so you're yeah. essentially at this point, like we would talk about Americans giving up their citizenship. That is essentially what you're talking about, correct? The the British, no longer is a a Brit in in elite in, a, in a legal Yeah,
1: that's, that that that's correct. Yeah, and we do. Um, whilst it's not very common, um, it is the, these are conversations and our plans that we have put in place with with clients. You know, it's not unusual to um, speak to a new client that has lived out in the. the far east for many many years yes. he's married out his children are there he's got no intention of ever returning yes. to the UK and can't understand why he should have to pay UK estate tax and we can help that person um, establish a, a fact pattern and the evidence to prove that actually he's left sure. the UK and acquired a style of choice um, somewhere else but it does require you know, severing links with the UK, what well, you, you can't um, claim that you left here and still have retained your, your plot in the, the your local cemetery where you grew up or yeah, okay. portfolios here in the UK. Um, ideally, you probably would have obtained a parcel in your, your new home country.
0: Yeah. Hey, Jamie, this has been fabulous. I really appreciate you um, going over some of these British tax rules that um, I I suppose some Brits can use and certainly expats can find useful as well. What would be the best way for somebody to reach out to you if they have questions and want to contact you directly? Um, uh, They're welcome to
1: email me. Um, All of our contact details are on our company website, which is uh, taxadvisorypartnership.com. My contact details can be found there. us page You're welcome to email me direct or pick up the telephone and give me a call any mm-hmm. time and if we can uh, assist you add some value or uh, give some initial kind of guidance and we're more than happy to do that yep.
0: wonderful thanks again so what i'm going to do is uh, we'll uh, be sharing jamie's contact information in our newsletter that goes out and we'll also put that uh, next to the interview uh, file as well thanks again jamie really appreciate your time thanks very much mark i speaking to you Thank you for listening to the Plan Vision Podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or comments on the topics covered.